0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Emma Gunn Show. In this episode, I am joined by Caroline Neville, who is the president of Cosmetic Executive Women. You may know it as CEW. And in this show, we talk about so much, and it was such a pleasure to be able to speak to Caroline. And actually, as a sheer coincidence, I'm just gonna tell you this little story. When I left the recording, as is often the case when you do an interview, your brain sort of percolates all of the information and the content and the conversation that you just had and I kept, I was in a taxi, I was rushing to another podcast, it was pouring rain and I kept having the, the words mother beauty, mother beauty go round and round in my head because I just felt like when it comes to beauty, Caroline's knowledge, Caroline's expertise, Caroline's reach in the industry is just so vast that she's almost like the hub of the industry she is an incredible support she nurtures and nourishes people within the business new talent people who've been around for a long time and that um mother beauty just kept going around around in my head and as it so happens by sheer coincidence i am publishing this in the uk on mother's day and i wonder if um fate stepped in but anyway in this conversation, we talk about Cosmetic Executive Women, how it started, what it stands for now, the support that it gives new members, young businesses and Caroline also gives some incredible insight into the fact that the beauty industry is known for being a place where people pursue their passion. And one of the first things that happens when somebody wonders about whether to pursue their passion in many cases is it's a risk, should I do it, shouldn't I do it? And Caroline gives some very clear, concise, and wonderful advice to anybody who has an idea. So if you're listening and you've thought, I I think I'm onto something, I don't quite know how to go about it, I think Caroline's words will be incredibly inspiring and perhaps may be the thing that help you in your decision-making process. We also talk about the many changes that have happened in the industry, in terms of digital, in terms of what's happening with the retail space, in terms of what's happening with brands, and she also really talks about some of the stuff that I didn't know. As somebody who's been in the industry for 15 years, I really wasn't aware of quite how much philanthropic work CEW does and quite how, uh, quite how incredible some of the support systems they put in place for their members and people within the industry are. So I came away from it just feeling very overwhelmed and encouraged by the fact that CEW even exists. And uh, you'll hear Caroline is incredibly eloquent and very very articulate about the whole matter so i will let her do all the talking if you're listening on itunes i would love it if you would subscribe and if you're enjoying the show please do leave me a review and if you could write a little rating that would be incredible and as ever if you do want to get in touch with the show email me on the beauty podcast at gmail.com or tweet me at emma guns at e-m-m-a-g-u-n-s And you can find all of the links to everything that we discuss in the show over on emmaguns.com. Thank you so much for listening. And without any further ado, please enjoy The Emma Guns Show featuring Caroline Neville of CEW. I'm thrilled to say that joining me on the Emma G podcast today is... The president of Cosmetic Executive Women in the UK, a role that you've had for 20 years this year. It's Caroline Neville. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Emma. I'm delighted to be with you. I'm thrilled to have you here, and I'm delighted because Caroline's really prepared for this interview <laughs> slash conversation. We have a lot of notes um, and we have a lot to talk about. You've been president of Cosmetic Executive Women, fondly known as CEW. <laughs> for 20 years this year. For the listeners who perhaps don't know, what is CEW? Well,
1: CEW is an organisation that was founded in 1954 in America for, uh, I suppose I could say, a few old broads who wanted to have a drink on a Friday night and discuss the beauty industry. Uh, Because women in the beauty industry then were few or far between and i think it was a white wine and spritzer club type of thing so they oh, met my kind of girl <laughs> and, and they talked and it developed down the years into the major organisation for women working in the cosmetic industry at executive level and it was a chance for them to network discuss business uh, and then they put um, three pillars uh, into place that they would work into uh, education, uh, recognition, and philanthropy. And the whole organization plays to that rule today. Everything we do, every action, is about bringing our women and more recently men, who are allowed to join, finally. (laughs) Um, Everything we do has to work into those pillars. So for education, you're talking about monthly mentorings with women who have been there, done it, and are top of the tree. Um, They usually take a group of 50 every month. Um, And then we have what we call newsmaker events, which are when we have a... A really successful beauty story um, like Leslie Blodgett of Bare Minerals who came over to speak. I mean, the names we've had on stage are endless from the industry. Uh, they give their time uh, free and it's uh, with the aim of, you know, trying to give younger women a leg up in the industry. And then we have um, philanthropy. We have a very big program called Cancer and Careers. It's very big in America. uh, And um, in in the UK, it's it's smaller. All I have to do is I print uh, a journal which goes to any woman who unfortunately is diagnosed with cancer and needs to have some reference book or some journal to sit down and just have a cup of coffee or tea and look down it and think about everything to do with it. How do I tell my family? How do I tell my work colleagues? What happens if I lose my hair? All of these things. We give that free to any woman who wants it. We have it online as well and we give about 15,000 copies a year to look good, feel better. Uh, very natural home for it. It talks about your disability rights. It's a very worthwhile project, and CEW in the UK funds that, uh, and we will continue to fund it. Um, So we have, you know, everything is about having our members' interest at heart. Mm. And um, I personally think it's a really wonderful organisation. We're in New York, we're in Paris, and we're in London. Uh, But it's really... We we offer our members a view of the entire industry as well. And that, um, I mean, we've done reports on uh, what you're worth, what salary should you be getting and all this type of thing. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. I think everybody should know Mm. what the going rate is. Um, We're pretty active. And how did you come to be involved
0: in CEW? Well,
1: I had uh, a public relations company which I'm still the chairman of but my son and daughter took it over when I decided that I had to focus on CEW full time because in the beginning uh, Glenda Bailey, who was the editor of Marie Claire here said she'd seen an organisation in America called Cosmetic Executive Women and she thought we should start it in the UK great she called seven of us together Uh, I was one of them Um, because I think I put on a lot of events then and I could also get things. So I was definitely in the middle of it. And um, within a year, she called us in and said, I'm off to the States. I'm going over to be the, uh, the editor of Harper's. I thought, Jesus, we just started it. And she's the main you know, attraction and she's going. Uh, And it was then the presidency was handed to Hilary Dart, uh, who was the buyer at Selfridges and knew everything about every product under the sun and also had influence. Within, I would say, 18 months, Hilary comes into the meeting and says, I'm off to America. I'm going to become the president of Calvin Klein. She said, Caroline, you can have CW. (laughs) Now, bearing in mind, I'm running a very busy agency. So um, I managed, I mean, one was my day job and the other one was my evening job. And my staff were doing all the secretarial to keep it going. And, you know, I'm one of those people, I'm not a quitter. You know, I thought, well, I've got to make this work. So I I did make it work. It started to grow, and people were intrigued by it. And I think in... When did I become the president? 1992, I think, or 1996. And one of my first big speakers here was Evelyn Lauder, who agreed to come. Uh, We had an event at Claridge's, and she came over to speak about corporate responsibility because she'd started her pink ribbon and and all of this. She was really, a really wonderful woman, and I remained in touch with her right up to when she died, sadly. And I think that sort of an event really captured the eye of the industry. And it was... This is the other thing... I never wanted to hold meetings in the train the back room of the department store, if you know, the training room. I wanted our events to really represent the industry we were in, which was glamorous and smart mm. and so I would always go to big hotels. <laughs> I would plead with them to give me a preferable rate because I was gonna bring the beauty industry in. Mm. And most of them got the picture. I mean, they understood that. And I, I I, can tell you, I've had events in every single hotel in London. And a lot of them now host us for our board meetings. They host us um, because they have a chance to show what they can do. Mm. And I also give all my sponsors 15 minutes in front of the board before the meeting starts. <laughs> I always thought that was quite... You know, <laughs> quite good. So they can talk, every new sponsor can talk for 15 minutes about what they do. I think that's a fair exchange. So um, I never looked back after that because I, I'm just looking at this whole roster here with um, the first big uh, event we organised or, you know, the, 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 the annual events was the Achiever Awards. And I'm looking here that in 2002, Mary Quant took lifetime achiever uh, 2003 Evelyn Lauder 2004 Vivian Westwood 2005 Barbara Hulanicki 2007 Diane von Furstenberg 2007 our first man Roger Dove 2008
0: uh, Cara- former podcast guest
1: Carolina Herrera in 2008 John Frieda in 2009 I had to start paying attention to the men in the industry mm. And I think we did have a lot of people on our board who thought that that was, well, you know, until we can get more women in the boardroom, Caroline, why are you entertaining the men? I said, because a lot of the men sign the checks. (laughs) You know, when I'm looking for sponsorships to make these events happen, it's usually a man at the end of the day. That was the situation then. Now I have so many women, I think, in top jobs, they're the women who sit around my board, And that's another thing. I did have to. The the Americans said to me after about six years, you know, your organisation is expanding so quickly in London, you need to formalise the board. It can't be loose. Mm -hmm. You have to have, well, the president. None of us got paid at this stage, I have to tell you. That's the president, you have to have a chairman. You've got to have um, someone who's responsible for looking at the finance and and, uh, signing off for you. And you need people around the table uh, who who have very good skill sets, the sets you need, Mm -hmm. you know, to make the organisation really fly. So I had to do all that. That's not easy, Mm -hmm. you know. We used to have board meetings, I always used to come out of the meetings with two red cheeks because there'd been so much batting and toing and throwing. And I, I, I finally got to deal with it. You know, I finally got on top mm-hmm. to deal with it. And you have to take charge. I think uh, everybody around your board table is self-interested. That's natural. So you have to deal with it. You know, if you think it's not Uh, if it's too self-interested, that's not going to happen, you know. And um, as I said, I always had red cheeks when I came out of the meetings. Likely debate. always. And I used to work, well, I never worked myself up about it. I just uh, prepared myself well. I had an answer for absolutely everything. And then, of course, you know, lots of funding started coming in. And we had, uh, I mean, the Achiever Awards was the first thing that we put on. And that now is beloved by mm. the industry. You know. So, for the listener who perhaps doesn't know what the Achiever Awards are. Well, this is about recognising top talent. It's, rec- it's about recognising a person who has been in the industry also for a long time. And they get our mm. lifetime Achiever. So, we have Achievers... We have a lifetime achiever and then we have a special industry award which was created to honour a man. Mm-hmm. And we have the members achiever. This is the girl most likely to, or now it's the girl or the young man most likely to go up the ladder. Um, we have a, a, an award now sponsored um, by Google for the best digital achiever. Um, it, You know, we, we obviously have to introduce digital But to have Google sponsor it Mm. is fantastic. So uh, it's very well established. And I know that people are proud to say they're an achiever. They have an Achiever Award. Mm. And you see it, you know, listed in all their Mm. literature. And it's really nice to see it. Then the next thing I I worked to introduce was the, um, the Beauty Awards. (laughs) <laughs> and I did. Um, now, the industry, when I launched this, the industry was full of beauty awards with magazines. Yes, yes. And I want to tell you, the magazines, some of them hated me. One actually told me he hated our award. A publisher told me he hated our award because it would upset his plan. But, you know, that's the way it is. It's all about change. Mm. And. The thing about the Achiever Awards is it's independent of any advertising. You know, it, it really is. And uh, I, I can't tell anybody who's won uh, because I will not know. I refuse to know until the actual day of the lunch. So I don't, I'm not involved in that. Mm. I am delighted when we get the list of winners, but it's only one member of staff here will know, and everybody uh, who is supposed to know about it in order to get this supplement together and what have you, uh, they're all signing NDA clauses, and it's been a well-kept secret. That's why I think it's grown and it's prospered. Mm-hmm. Uh, our sponsors this year for the Beauty Awards uh, were Amazon, Marks and & Spencer's, and Phillips. These, these were the title sponsors Wow! then our regular supporters who do special things with us like QVC, U Magazine who do the supplement, Latest in Beauty who make the CEW winner's box um, who else what is, is there? Oh, oh Benefit we're in this year mm-hmm.
0: Listeners, yeah. we also have Georgina yeah. in the room
1: yeah, <laughs> Shiseido uh, were also a sponsor this year um, GHD we have a lot of uh, in the beauty awards for instance we don't take small electricals or injectables Mm -hmm. but you can't, those products um, that are the miniaturised treatments at home, miniaturised spa treatments that Philips do and what have you, they have a right to be you know in in the demonstration night because they're very much part of the industry, but we can't put them in the awards. Right. So they all take their own demonstration stand. GHD do, because we don't have electricals. Um, that's that's the way it is. And But they always want to sit in the same room as all the topical products, all the beauty, all the, the hair shampoos and treatments and what have you. And so... You know, we cover the whole industry if we can. To be fair, and it's just gr- and World Duty Free, who were sponsored for many years, <laughs> give us a lovely. It's a Prosecco bar now, I think it is. They give us a Prosecco bar because World Duty Free sell more lipsticks per hour than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and why do they want? Uh, why do they want to sponsor? Um, nearly every sponsor that I sit down with has an agenda, has an objective, let's put it that way. I know what their objective is and I know why they want to be there. And it's always about um, meeting the industry, getting to know the industry more, having access to brands. I mean, at the demonstration right, we have more buying teams than anybody else. Going round looking for new products, you know, looking for new patents, new forms of delivery. Um, And the next big star lined up against the new brands, we also have all the classics. They also want a bit of the rubble from the glory. And why shouldn't they be there? Because we have 27 categories and we have Best British Brand, which is the most sought after uh, award. Um, we have Best Classic This, Best Prestige That. So we've really, really put it together to support everybody. And I, I would say we have more premium brands now than ever before and more new brands. And um, everybody's getting something from it. To be truthful, it's it's always been, in my mind... Um, a business promotion. Let's not. Let's call a spade a spade. Mm. It's a business promotion. It's a way to help the brands sell more at retail. If they win or they're a finalist, they can wear the seal. Mm. We know that when consumer sees a, a product with the word "winner" on it, they say, "What's that? Mm. Tell me about that." It, it lets the girl, the consultant have a chance to engage with the uh, the consumer and our research has told us that they definitely have their eye drawn to the word winner or finalist <laughs> and you know when i go on a plane and i open high life and i see oh cw winner or finalist i am over the moon my my next big uh, objective is to get my sticker on more and more products um, and it also raises the profile of the industry overall. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really does. So, that make no mistake, it's about doing business. Yes, <laughs> but there's but listening <laughs> and to... listening. And we're independent. This is the thing. Yes, it's an independent award. That's really, really important. And uh, it. it, it if anything were done that was to try to knock that over I, I would fight like mad because there I have had people say to me am I a winner? Because if I'm a winner I'll take a full page of advertising next week in such and such. <laughs>
0: oh that ought test
1: them <laughs> <laughs> I mean I mean I said, I can't tell you if you're a winner. You'll find out on Friday if you want to put an ad in the standard on Monday or the Times, that's up to you. But I can't tell you. Mm. And neither is it a reader's uh, voting. There's no reader's voting. These products are chosen by the industry experts. What do we base uh, our choice on? I've got to choose 28. I am looking for a group of 28 products that, A, I think have a little bit extra. I never say, oh, they're the best in the world, because that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I would say, this product has a little bit extra. It's either a new application, you know, a new patent, a new ingredient, um, beautiful colours, and... uh, the other thing I think, uh, apart from... I'm trying to think, what was the other thing? <laughs> that, that's, the first thing for me is that's how I choose. And then I want to put together a collection that will excite the consumers, which will excite the market. These will you know, add something extra to the market. So I, I make a very considered choice because I also vote... Half the products I know, and then I look at those that are brand new to me and are, you know, and there are some really clever applications, you know. I love products that do two things. Mm. You know, like got got the blusher on the top and the liquid makeup down here. Mm. I love all that because I can use that and my big word for this year is definitely glow. Mm. I love glow. And I, I have followed the Korean market very closely, and they are so smart with their product, you know, where they they were the first people who really came with, with you know, something you put on, and you look white, and then you put a, a, a BB and b or C&C cream over it, and that took the color of your skin, and it has a glow. I, it, they're very, very... Smart, and I think you'll see more and more products that have glow in it. Mm-hmm. That's my big word: glow
0: and looking healthy. Mm-hmm. I think highlighting and striving have had their moment. Oh yes, oh yeah. Now it's settled, and we're, I'm, not, we're with I'm not that interested in the Kardashians. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't you want Kylie to speak at one of the mentoring? Events? I've had Kylie on
1: stage. I had an evening with Kylie. Kylie mm-hmm. had seven fabulous fragrances
0: with Coty at the time. And I presume... Oh, we're talking Kylie Je- um, oh, as Oh, yeah, Kylie Jenner. Kylie Minogue is cool.
1: <laughs> no, no, her- no, but I had... No, I would not want Kylie Jenner. Kylie uh, um, Minogue, yeah, I had her on stage. She was absolutely charming. Mm-hmm. And after she had spoken, um, she sent me the most charming handwritten note. And that's really nice, you mm-hmm, know. Yeah. And I had a sell-out event at the Barclay on the fact that she, she was there. Mm-hmm. And um, she was very gracious, such a professional, really professional, Kylie kind of, yeah, 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 she was a lovely
0: little girl. So, listening to you talk about this, um, and yes, we come back to the fact that it is a business, and yeah. I do want to unpick a little bit of that with you. But the, the other sense I get is I keep hearing support and nurturing and nourishing, yeah. and that's obviously something that you bring to the table. Yeah, where but mixed in with this. Wicked sharp work ethic. Yeah. So where does the where does the nourishing side come from? Why are you so emotionally invested in the people in the industry? Do you think?
1: Well, first of all, I love to see enthusiastic young entrepreneurs come in here, and they come in all the time. Their first uh, port of call is CW. We have a cup of coffee, we talk about where their business is, and they may, well, only be online, you know. And um, what is their aspiration? Uh, And I I think the beauty industry is a fabulous industry for women. Um, I've known many women who have um, been at home on maternity leave and have written their business plan and called me up and said, I'm writing my business plan, I've got time off, and I'm full of admiration for them because they're multitaskers, you know, they're running families, they have partners or husbands to, to consider, and they're very smart. And it is a, a great organisation for women. And I think that uh, I might be a little overly involved with the members... I'm not certain my um, my American colleagues understand how involved I am. <laughs> you know, one of them said, You're not supposed to be a consultant, you know. But it's in my nature, I think, to want to help and support. Um, I'm very maternalistic in my approach. I think perhaps women who have families and run organizations do bring that sort of mother hen, if you like, to the table. I'm interested in how my staff, uh, you know, are in their health and their spirit. And I also encourage my staff to get out there. I like, I like people who get out there and do things so they can bring something to the table and we can talk about what they saw this weekend or, you know, I, I, I'm really for uh, women and I've demonstrated it. You know, I can demonstrate it because I see them here and I send them off to see people.
0: You you do demonstrate it. You really do. And you have an incredible aura, but you also have an incredible reputation in the industry. And it's proof that business doesn't always have to be... mean that you have to be hard.
1: No, I'm absolutely not. I can be, you know, but usually I'm very considered, you know, if I'm doing business... And I'm also, um, I mean, if you think of the opportunity we can give to big brands to get up and fast track a message to the whole industry, they can get a message out very, very quickly when they take our platform. Mm-hmm. CW ultimately has to have the final say on what they're presenting that we always insist on. Uh, to make sure it's absolutely right and ethical and what have you and um, it, it, it's, it just does deliver people don't come and, and call you up and say I must speak to you I want to be on one of your events I want to be part of a panel or I want to you know, talk about my brand uh, they, they don't come to you unless or keep coming to you like the sponsors unless you deliver it's not about me having a nice smile and a nice you know personality or whatever you call it it's at the end of the day they want a result i am able to decide and consider whether we can get them that result and i and we do otherwise they wouldn't be stepping up and investing in our program the way they do and uh, i'm very single minded you know uh, i've tried to keep our organization high-end, if you like, because people want to be high-end. Even if they're high street, that's great. They still want to be smart and in the right surroundings. They want to have the right print about them. Um, I'm also very good at PR because, you know, I'm always getting huge stories about CEW. I'm able to write quite well because I originally was a journalist before I went into PR. And um, I write a lot of the copy and I have a little column in a magazine but it's not its not about the products I use, it's about my month, what well, I did in that month, because believe you me, in a month I see so many people and uh, all of a sudden I say to them, going to be in my column next week, I love that we, I talk about the restaurant we went to the food we ate, what we talked about and all that type of stuff and it seems to be popular. I've been asked to do it now for a second year. So I'm not pushing any one product. I'm just talking about my month and the interesting people that I met. And uh, <laughs> you may wonder where I get all this energy at my age, but <laughs> I have to pace myself a bit now. For the I benefit think... of the listeners, may we ask your age, please? Uh, well, I'm 74 now, and, um, you know, I feel really... Uh, on top of things I'm really on top of things but I have to pace myself I can't do three nights out after a day's work You know, Um, I have the luxury of being able to work from home when I want to I'm connected directly to the CW office I have a very good team now who are all paid (laughs) for a long time nobody was paid but they are all paid and that's when we became serious about everything And, um, you know, it's a very, very rewarding job. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I do a lot of reading, and I'm always looking to see what's coming next or what I think. I'm always looking to see what other commentators are saying about what's going to happen. And from that, you can really, and I think this is probably a communications background, I can decide whether we have an event which could be a story or not. Last year we did the disruptors. We did it before many many people, and this was uh, a series. It was an event where we we took three companies from within the beauty industry who were disrupting the normal way of business. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, we talk. What do we talk about? We've had a whole thing on men's grooming and the you know. The rise of men's grooming and how it's going, and uh, that's absolutely fantastic because um, you know our friends Unilever recently brought the Dollar Shave Club, which is a huge club, you know where you buy your razor blades at a special price. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder why they bought that. Well, I know why because they have a lot of good men's products which will very soon be going in on the back of the. Mm. Shaving. I'm sure. I'm trying to get those two boys who founded the Dollar Shaver to come over and speak, and I'm certain I will get them. But it will be interesting to know because that whole sector now um, is is really very very vibrant. Um, let's talk about the older woman. Way back, I think it was in probably 2005. Mm-hmm we asked Emma Sums, who was the editor of Saga, to talk to us about the over-50 market. And I, I, I took from her meeting that any brand that didn't pay attention to the over-50s was going to miss a trick. Mm-hmm. I I think back now to 2005, it's taken a long time to get to this, the, the point where people are beginning to, you know, we're not invisible, that is for sure. And I would even say 50 is 40, you know, 60 is 50. Look at the gals now who, are the older women who have to remain in the market working from a financial perspective. Maybe they haven't put enough aside for themselves. Maybe they enjoy going out to work for the social and want to be... They're not wanting to compete with 23-year-olds, but they want to uh, really look as nice as they can. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. And it keeps lots of women alive. So we've seen a huge uptake in women buying skincare and cosmetics from the 50 plus I think the QVC for instance is 50 plus in the main and what with the advent of being able to see people make up I mean the QVC they can do the make up right there Mm. on the set then you've got Wonderful people like Trisha Cusden who's now got all these videos out on how to, and it's all for the, over, the you know the over fifties. And I think she got our Google Award. She's sixty-seven when she started her business. And uh, what's she called? Feel fabulous? Is it? What's it called? So we can find. We'll get the
0: name of her company. I always get it confused with uh, feeling. You can ask look up on your but that's that's another thing about you and about CEW is the fact that it supports entrepreneurship
1: yeah
0: and at any age at any age <laughs> that, that is it
1: I love it when this when Trisha first came in here with her daughter what's it what look she, fabulous forever look Fab Looks fabulous forever links in, will be in the show she notes she came in and she told me that she'd had a very successful career in a big corporation, and she'd just retired. And she was looking around, she would go to various clubs to join up to do things, and people would always say to her, God, your makeup and your hair look so lovely, you know, what's the secret? She said, Well, if anybody else says this to me, I, I think maybe I found out what I should do. I should start a small makeup collection, and I should show them how to do it. And that's what it is. Now you can go on to all of her videos. She has 10, I think. And it's all about creating a different look. And I think all of her models are like 70 and 80. And uh, she's been a a phenomenal success. I mean, the programme she's told me that she's got coming up. I mean, it's just amazing. She's really uh, fantastic to come in so late. Mm. And I think you know
0: a lot of the big brands have cottoned onto it, and, um, but it took them a bloody long time. Because I've also seen you talking about the fact that the beauty industry is is a competitive landscape, but it's also a wonderful place for ambitious women or yeah. anyone with ambition. Yes, yes, it is. Why do you think that is?
1: Um, I personally think the people in the beauty industry, although it's competitive. When we get together in groups and we network, they're all very nice and they're nice to mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not cutthroat. I've got girls on my board who offer to mentor young up-and-coming brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they give their time to you know take them through. Tracy Woodward is is a person in, you know. To remark on because she uh, is the CEO of Aromatherapy Associates she gives more time to seeing young brands and just give them a bit of advice and a bit of a leg up you know Um, I myself will call up uh, one of our uh, big retailers and say I've just seen something really super give them a half an hour please you know it's often just opening that door for them um, and I mean, I suppose some of these new brands will not make it, but it's not many. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time I go to you know the beauty wars and I look down the great long list, there's new brands there. And uh, uh, Delilah is a lovely brand. I think it's that? very it's very young. They've won an award already. They won an award with this last year. Be good. Mm-hmm. That also a little, small, interesting, very topical brand because it's around bees, they've won an award. And when they get that award, it catapults them into another, you know, another level. Mm -hmm. And they're very proud to go in and say, I have the CEW award for whatever category it was. So they have a lot of tenacity. Um, I'm a great admirer of Carolina Herrera, who must be in her... She is in her 70s. Um, I worked... I represented her for about mm, six or seven years. So when it came time for me to try and get her to come over and get a lifetime achiever, of course she came. Mm. Because I had known her. She was always uh, elegant. She was always made up to look, let's say, contemporary. She wasn't overdone or, you know, masses of work on the face or any of that. She always looked really lovely and was always gracious. I think graciousness and having a nice demeanor when you're at that level Mm -hmm. is so, so important. I have no time for prima donnas. And believe you me, I have met a
0: few. Uh, and, um, Can you just tell me because you have yeah. years of dealing with this yeah. how does one deal with a prima donna?
1: <laughs> it depends what you've got to you know, what you've got to achieve you know, sometimes you have to put up with it um, but you know <laughs> I'm not giving any names but Of course not, not I don't want to give names. You just have to have the patience of a saint And, uh, you know, they're invariably late for everything. (laughs) They are. And uh, that, you know, sends the whole schedule out the window. And I don't know what's the matter with them. Some (laughs) of the bigger names, the biggest names, are extremely nice. Um, I remember having, we've had Sarah Jessica Parker, who uh, had a wonderful fragrance with Coty. I think it was called Beautiful. Uh, And she was staying upstairs in the hotel uh, in Claridge's. And we knew she had a very tight schedule. She was going to come straight down, shake hands with a few of us, and go straight to the stage where we had Alexandra Shulman interviewing her. And she was really lovely and graciously accepted a lovely big box of products from the organic pharmacy who were desperate to get them into her hands because they thought she... Would understand that type of product, which she did. And she was extremely charming. Um, didn't give us the runaround, it was all straightforward. We knew what ha- had to happen and we kept to it. Isabella Rossellini was the same. Mm. She came on just after she had lost her Longcom big contract because yes. she got to 40. I mean, I was, we were all disgusted with that to be quite honest. Um, and she came on and she was so charming and so gracious and spoke with not a trace of malice. You know, it was it was very nice. And Christy Turlington, I think, was one of the most gorgeous I'd ever seen. She came and spoke about her... Um, charitable work and the causes that she believed in and um I don't even think she was linked to a product I think she was just around and we were able to have her and and she was fantastic so
0: you know <laughs> great people great great, people, great people, people who work with you, yeah they? yeah um I've also um read you say that um the beauty industry becomes a place where people are able to follow their dreams, and it's not uncommon for people to leave um, the wage earning job, the city job, yeah. and follow well, a do, passion have, yeah. into, the, into this industry, which I'm sure you've seen yeah. much of. Yeah. This clearly is your passion, too. Yes.
1: Um, being in this industry is my passion, and I think unless you're passionate about it, you. Um, I mean, passion is the operative word for mm-hmm. most of the women that I know. Most of the women that I really admire are passionate about what they do. And um, they all love the, um, the creativity, if you like, of the people who come up with the products. Um, I love all the makeup artists. And we have begun really to... Profile them and get them on stage, Um, and uh, look at Charlotte Tilbury. Charlotte Tilbury has had uh, an Achiever Award from us, and she's also um, last year won four awards. She got four categories. That has been unheard of. So she stood there. The overriding picture is of her with her four Lalique statuettes and looking (laughs) looking like Adele at the (laughs) Grammys. about her pro- product, each product despite the fact you say one minute to say thank you on the stage that doesn't work The show. she's full <laughs> of exuberance and we knew this was inspired from the time when she was growing up in Ibiza or things like that but you can't you know I'm sitting at the table looking at the clock because I know we have to wind down because the show is very tightly mm-hmm. produced but you couldn't say... I laughed every time her name was called and she went up and, she, and she's going into a long monologue. <laughs> but she's full of exuberance and...
0: Um, you can't argue with that. No, I can't.
1: And, you know, it's full of passion. There are quite a lot of them out there like that. And once they start on their product,
0: you, you, you believe it. <laughs> because you've seen lots of people follow their passion, if someone's listening to this and perhaps they have an idea or perhaps they're desperate to pursue a passion but they've never quite felt confident or enough or that the time is right? What advice would you give? I think you have to follow your dream
1: because I think if you don't, you know, you will forever be asking yourself, why didn't I do it? I should have done it. I think you've got to take um, a real chance. It's like our friend uh, from Tangle Teaser. Sean. Sean, previous oh podcast guest. So here is a passionate guy who had to mortgage his house to get the money to launch his Tangle Teaser, and it was the first time he'd ever heard of injection molding, which makes the brush. I knew about injection molding because I used to work for a company that made. Was, I had a client that made brushes, so I know what the you know all those technicalities. And he is so passionate about it. Uh, I would say the same for Josh Wood who is arguably the world's best colourist and he is working all the time to come up with new ways that the consumer can replicate what he would be doing in the salon. Now, presumably they'll never be able to do what he can do in the salon because he's really very clever. Um, But uh, he's very passionate. And also... I have to tell you, he was the person who told me to let my natural colour grow through. He said, Caroline, every time I see a picture of you, he said, you've got two-colour hair. I thought, he said, you, it's white at the front and it's going into some blonde shit." I said, really? He said, I would advise you, let your grey grow through. And the moment he told me that, the moment he, he made me feel confident, I just let my hair grow through... Uh, to this grey and I have never regretted one minute you know not everybody's hair grows through this colour but mm. you know I, I I owe that to Joshua I think he um,
0: but that speaks volumes about the industry and what you do anyway because that isn't just about his products that's about instilling you with confidence I mean, thing was, he sells
1: colour, I go and have my hair cut at his salon and nobody puts any colour on me <laughs> but he did, seems and I like that because he wasn't trying to sell me anything mm. and um, you know, another thing is I hate the word anti-ageing I have tried to to say to people who keep putting anti-ageing there must be another word Um it's such an old name now, anti-aging. I mean, it's like
0: anti-lime scale. Yeah, do we all? We all
1: know that we've all got to age. Mm. We want to try and age as gracefully as possible, um, and we want to take lots of precautions as we grow up, you know, to maintain the foundation of our skin. I think after that, it's it's rather all about how you apply the makeup mm. because. I know um, people like Lisa Eldridge say they can alter the look of your face just by the way she can make your eyes pop Mm. with the way she applies colour and how they can, you know, uh, you know, mold your cheekbones, get rid of your chin with a little bit of something and look at the eyebrows. I have to say, last year, I I attended a benefit tutorial (laughs) on board the Good Ship Benefit uh, where we were going to have a board meeting and... I rediscovered my little wispy eyebrows. I mean, with this colour hair, it's quite difficult to have a set of black eyebrows on. And although I had worked with a pencil in brown, by the time they finished with me, I had the exact shade. I had all these little brushes of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I rediscovered my eyebrows, and it just made a whole world of difference to me. And I think that can be... I'm not obsessed with it, but, you know... I do care what people think because I want to... I spend time... My husband says you're spending far too much time getting whatever it is on. But I, I do care about how I present myself. I want to sit across the table from people as I want to and see them looking nice. I really don't like it when people come out with no makeup on. I really don't. I just think they haven't made an effort. And also, I'm mystified by people dare I say it, who put makeup on the train. I don't know how they get it on their eyes without poking in their eyes. I come on the train every day. I like to see the people and I'm watching and I think, now I'm waiting for the next thing to to come come out. They're very skilled and I only assume that they are so busy or they they get up late or they're rushed off and they have to put the finishing touches to their face. The worst thing I saw, though, <laughs> was a woman cutting her nose hair on the trap. I'm sitting there. I thought, she's got some st- some scissors. No. <laughs> yes!
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. You I thought that. to myself
1: the next thing to be doing on toenails.
0: Now, in my day... My
1: postman never saw me without lipstick. <laughs> and truth, I I always I never wanted to go out with a bare face. Of course, when I'm on holiday, I don't wear makeup. But I often have a little bit of glowing blusher in the evening when I'm changing colour, you know. And I and, and also doing your makeup was a very you know, it was a mystique you, it was one of your, part of your personal yes. whatever, and then I would appear as the radiant Caroline Neville <laughs> <laughs> looking like, you know and uh, I,
0: I, I can't get to grips with it. I agree with you but it's I've just, had rows with other, I know not rows, but I know me, Joanna McGarry is in favour of it, she's written a piece about it the stylist, I just look at it and I just see a hygiene issue yeah yeah. And, and, I in it, in it,
1: in, and also, it was a very personal part of your mm. boudoir, or whatever you mm. want to call it, you know, and coming out. And
0: uh, Well, there's an element of self-care, and Lee Pycroft, who's been on this show yeah. with my yeah. makeover, um, she talks in great detail about that. But even I remember as a child, a, I would say a teen perhaps, if I was ill, my mother would say, "As I, you know, as you begin to get better, she'd say, why don't you put a lipstick on? Yeah. Because there's a, the... Psychological difference.
1: Yeah, you put the lipstick on and it perks you up mm-hmm. and you uh, can face. I think often older gals put their makeup on and it helps them face the day. You know, they might have a tough day, they've, mm-hmm. they've got a job to go to, they're working along 25 year olds in a department store or whatever. And um, I, I, I think it's not about competing. With the twenty-five year old, of course, that would be ridiculous. I'm surrounded by an office full of youngsters, but it's about your self-respect and wanting to look as nice as you can for your age, mm-hmm. and um, not, you know. I think plastic surgery, fillers, um, all of these things are absolutely right in, you know, for some people, providing they don't overdo it. Mm-hmm. And I think personally. Botox was a major game changer. Just like Lycra was a major (laughs) game changer. Because before Lycra, your tights didn't fit, your bra didn't fit, your swimsuit didn't fit. I worked on Lycra for 20 years, so I know. And I see Lycra and Botox in the same way. Because I think Botox allowed women to see that they could look youthful they could look more relaxed, refreshed providing they don't go over the Mm. top with it Um, I don't subscribe to the fact that Botox is a harmful drug I just don't subscribe to it because it's being used for so many things now in medicine and other treatments, you know so um, I'm not going to sit here and say that you shouldn't have it but you should do it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think the the plastic surgeons that I know who are very ethical, you know, mm-hmm. they, they send people away for three months to think about mm-hmm. whether they want to have these procedures done. And I think, of course, if you have, you know, very heavy jowls and you have things like that that might run in your family, you might want to have that done, and you know. But... Um, it's a very personal thing for people, mm-hmm. and uh, as long as you don't overdo it, I would like to still think I could recognise them. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. But it's true, it, it you is know, sometimes true. if you've had a really tight facelift, it takes a few months to settle down, mm-hmm. it needs to relax a bit. Um, and first, when you see a friend who's had it done, you think, oh my god, <laughs> she's totally changed. <laughs> But then when it relaxes... Mm. But I think you can get the same effect now with having fillers and, uh, you know, the small injectables and like a a light shower of injectables instead of anything that's massive. Yes, Yes. but they call it baby Botox. (laughs) Just a little...
0: A little little dig or squirt
1: or whatever.
0: (laughs) Now, one thing I'd be really interested to find out from you is you've mentored, you nurture people in the industry. What are the... In what instances can you recall that have meant the most to you or the transformation or the brand or person that you've been able to support and see their rise? There was a, it's a very nice girl who um, had had quite
1: a tough time. Um, I think it, there was a divorce and she... Um, Discovered, uh, or she was looking for something to do in the beauty industry, or because this is, and she came up with a konjac sponge. And the konjac sponge, when I first saw it, I thought, you know, the sponge that had minerals in it for all different reasons. She really harnessed that that market, and she did it on her American Express overdraft. I thought what am I hearing here? What happens if it goes pear-shaped? Or things like that. And out of her adversity, she has built the most fantastic business and she's got sponges for everything. I think she's doing contract contract sponges for people. Her brand is called the Conjac Sponge. And um, she will openly say that she um, would never have got off the ground if she hadn't had a chance to come to CEW, to present her concept. Um, And she's done fantastically well. I'm really thrilled for her. Um, Who else is a rising star? Um, Let me think, I haven't really thought about who. I mean, there's lots of the rising stars, but she always comes to mind because it was... uh... And then we had another girl. uh, I think it's called Saving Face. Mm-hmm. She came here, she had been, we need to check out that name, but she had been uh, in a terrible situation again with domestic violence, her husband that sold the house from under her, really, really terrible. He ended up going to prison and all sorts. And she went to stay in a women's refuge and she was in the mind to develop a skincare line and she then gave ten percent of everything to the women's refuge. It was a terrific story and I saw her brand in Phoenix just a little while ago and she sent me a nice note saying if I hadn't come in to see you at CEW, I would never have got to where I
0: am now. I have a lot of letters like that. What do you think it is about you that means that you take somebody's idea and give them the give them the impetus, or give them the strength, or just give them the vocabulary the vocabulary they need to take it to the next level?
1: Well, the thing is that I'm just like I'm very open like that, you know. Um, I um, I just think well, I have this this very special role. I'm sitting in the middle of the industry. I hear about everything. I have people who come to me and tell me they're looking for this, they're looking for that, they want this. And I see these people coming in. And uh, I just, it's probably in my nature. I'm probably quite giving. In my PR business, I always employed only women for years. And half of them were working mothers. And we used to have, you know, um, arrangements for them to go and pick their children up from school, take them home to somebody who gave them the tea, and they would pop in back back in for an hour. Now, this is very unconventional. Mm They would be going. but, But those girls, women, remained loyal for years because you had given a hand to them and um, and I always made sure those that had children had the first um, choice of Christmas holidays and things like that <laughs> some of the other staff started to get a bit fed up because <laughs> Betty Sue
0: and her children were going to be off for their holidays mm-hmm. and, uh,
1: but I just thought that that was
0: uh, being in support of other women but isn't that, hasn't that standard didn't that, setting that standard filter out into big big companies within the industry and I has actually has, impacted... Massively. I think it has
1: now. I think it has now. I think you see companies doing really good things, and um, I think if you want to keep... Your most valuable asset your staff. And if you want to keep your staff, you've got to be... You know, you've got to give a little. You've got to be <coughs> flexible. You know, if my girls here work all the hours, I don't have a day off. You know, I just think you, you know... You have to do things like that, but I've always done that. And if they have to work on a Saturday and Sunday because we have a big event, then they have another day off. And they even get a day off for their birthday, I think. <laughs> 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 and they get a nice long Christmas holiday. Everybody gets a long Christmas holiday in the agency and in CEW. Wow. <laughs> uh, because I just think, and this is the other thing, I want them to have a life outside of. of Working in the office because as I've said I think having a great general knowledge being able to go and see events go to the latest movies if you can do all of that I think it, it helps you in the particular job we have here my girls have to know everything about everything and uh, you know I've always subscribed to that
0: sounds like a lovely place <laughs> everyone looked jolly happy when I was walking <laughs> through Um we're coming to the end of our Uh-oh. time together. But <laughs> yeah. um, to close, yeah. I wanted to ask you about what, what's in CEW's future.
1: What's in CEW's future? Well, we, um, as a result of this survey that we did on what women wanted in the industry which we did in conjunction with 24-7, which is a talent agency from New York. They call it talent. They don't call it an uh, employment agency. It's a talent <laughs> agency. The one, th- one of the things that we learned was that after remuneration, education <coughs> was a very big, important thing for them. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, we decided there that we would start a programme for our young executives, that's our under-30s, um, They already are members and they come at a special price, and they have two years of a special price. And so we decided we would start the Young Executive Programme. We formed a committee and um, we are launching the Young Exec, I think it's end of April. It's going to be at the Hoxton Hotel, which will be the right environment. Very appropriate for the young couple. Yeah, they will have their own. We've been lobbying them for their own type of speakers. The first event is, is being put on, and the, the people who are speaking are a hot agency, apparently, and they're talking about brand me. So it's all about them. And we're going to try, and we're, I'm making all the board go along, because I think the, girl, the younger girls need to network with the older top women. And it'll be three times a year that the, the event and that will be absolutely for them. And I think out of that, we will learn about what more they could do with. A lot of companies um, do train their staff. But I always kind of felt with CEW that we fill the gap for those companies that don't offer training. We do fill a gap with our mentorings, with our introductions Mm. for them, with our calibre of networking. You could go to one of our events as a young member and you could be sitting next to the head of L'Oreal or you could be sitting next to the head of any of the big companies because they're all there together and we purposely mix them up so that everybody gets a chance to talk. Um, so the the youngsters are very important to us we run uh, we think digital and everything to do with selling online is vital mm-hmm. and we have a series that we've been running now For we ran it last year uh, we run it with Google, we all go to the Google Town Hall and they give us such a, a wonderful seminar we'll do three of those again this year just to keep our brands up to date and forward Um, and it's it's a lot of it is about education i think giving the the brand members what they they want Uh, what else do i think i'm very supportive of department stores this is another thing i feel very strongly about I love a day in the department store mm. because I can have everything done, I can have a cup of coffee, I can also look at the fashion, I can get my hair done if I want to. I'm definitely a department store person. I know they're under pressure and I think what they really have to do is focus very much on making it a wonderful experience mm. for those of us that still want to go to department stores. You know, of course I buy things online, but uh, but I don't uh, buy anything that's really, really important to me. You know, my clothes—I I don't buy them online. I know there are thousands of packages come into this office and go back again. <laughs> I'm not—I see them. I go, my goodness! I never knew you could send them back and all of this and that. And I—I I think I'm out of a generation that loved the department store. I'm sad to see that a, a lot of department stores in America are reducing their size and closing, but it could be that they haven't kept up with things, you know. We have some wonderful retail here. I think some of our stores, you know, have really, um, look at Selfridges, so creative with what they do, the exhibitions, the lectures. Harrods, what Harrods does, you know, for the top-end customer Is they're always trying to innovate they're always trying Harvey Nichols is always trying Liberties is a revelation with its beautiful beauty department Mm. so I'm you know and I see Space NK having resurgence Space NK were really top of my list at one time and they went through a quiet period Mm. now they have a new dynamism they are looking at doing things differently
0: and you know um, there's been change and a lot of people, a lot of brands, a lot of spaces are adapting.
1: They have to, it's adapt mm. or die. Mm. But it's like, it's like everything, isn't it? Adapt or die. You have to be ahead of the curve. Mm. Uh, it's a bit of a tall order for some people. And the other thing is we need to have the balance within the organisations of the youth and the creativity And the olders who have the wisdom and perhaps have been around the block a few times and seen it, you know, sometimes the older wisdom gets thrown out of the door and then there's nobody for the younger team to even speak to. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really, really, I've seen that a thousand times and I I don't subscribe to that. I think, you know, you should have the youth and you should have the older with the wisdom Mm -hmm. sitting side by side. And also when there's trouble, sometimes the older person has seen it before Mm. and can stabilise the youngsters and tell them not to worry because this I've seen before. And I've often looked at things and said, don't worry, it will pan out all right at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. And I think they appreciate that um, confidence and
0: a bit more security in such an insecure world. Yes. Yes and what a lovely note to end on thank you so much I've honestly loved listening to you talk about CEW and about all of the work it's been a real honour to spend this time with you well sometimes I call CEW constantly expanding
1: workload (laughs) (laughs) but as long as we can keep up
0: with it, yes. it will go to bigger and better things, I think, don't you? And I think there's going to be so much news that I have no doubt that you'll be back on the show again soon More, more
1: updates. Well, thank you very much, Emma, for giving me the opportunity. I'm intrigued. I mean, you know, um, it's been a lovely experience.
0: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to The Emma Gunn Show with Caroline Neville. If you are enjoying it and you're listening over on iTunes, why don't you click that button and subscribe and maybe even leave me a five-star review and a written rating. And as ever, if you do want to get in touch with me, email me at thebeautypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I cannot wait to hear from you.